Luann, welcome. Okay, so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about why calling was the starting place for you in seminary. Yes, yeah, so you, I was not expecting that to be the question. <laughs> what was I supposed to ask you? <laughs> What was I supposed to ask? I don't know, but that wasn't the question you told me. That's what I wrote down. Oh, you did? You told me to write it. Welcome aboard, Stowaways, to the first episode of Seminary Stowaways, the podcast that makes the lively discussion of a seminary classroom accessible to everyone. I'm your host, Hannah Connor, and I'll be joined momentarily by my co-host, Luann Riley. Today, we're discussing an often misunderstood concept, the idea of calling. I hope this conversation is as helpful to you as it was for me. But before we jump in, I want to introduce Luann Riley. Luann grew up in Alabama but got to Texas with her husband Justin as fast as she could. She left her ladder climbing gig in corporate America for a full-time job in ministry seven years ago, and she's the former discipleship director of a large Houston area church. She's currently pursuing a Master of Arts in Theology while wrangling her twin boys. She has a passion for hoodie sweatshirts, non-dairy creamer, books that make her cry, and... Alabama football. I want to introduce you to my friend Hannah. Hannah is currently a communications manager for an anti-child trafficking organization and I happen to know she's a pretty fantastic wife and mom. Her family just moved back to the U.S. after doing missions in the U.K. for the past three years. She's an Enneagram 5 so naturally she loves detective stories and TV. She has a degree in creative writing and has worked in church ministry or parachurch ministry for the past eight years. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. You ready to do this? Let's do it. Let's do it. Today, we're discussing calling. And as we jump into this topic, I guess, first of all, uh, tell me what resources you're bringing with you. Yeah, so the resource we're going to talk about today is a book appropriately titled, called, The Crisis and Promise of Following Jesus Today by Mark Laberton. And who is Mark Laberton? Should I know this guy? Mark Laberton is the president of my seminary. He has been in ministry for years. He's a former senior pastor, and he's also a professor of preaching. Okay. And Mark's first move when you come to his seminary is to make you go out and buy his book, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Much. Yeah. That's nice. a good plan. And it's a good book, the good though, right? news is it's a great book. So potentially we could be selling more books for him today, which should help us in, you know, our... The whole not getting the sued The whole thing. not getting sued thing. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it was a great book. And we, we started with the topic of calling. We read this book called... And I found it to introduce calling to me in a new way and a way that I have found profound in my walk with Jesus. Great. I can't wait for you to unpack that some more because I feel like calling is something that I would maybe expect to hear about in a sermon and not not where I would expect you to go first in seminary. It's not like one of those super complicated eschatology and... Yeah, all those other ontologies, I don't even know what they are. <laughs> that's right. The only other one I can think of is demonology, but I don't think that's a real one. I don't even I think, think that's, that's like some word. weird D&D book. Yeah, well, you know, what I found profound about it is he introduced calling in a way of sort of dividing out the word calling into primary calling and secondary calling or first things and next things. And this was an, a new way to look at the word calling for me. Mm-hmm. 
Is that so you didn't have you didn't have that understanding when you went into it? You understood calling. What was your understanding? I guess I should say before you went in. How did you think of calling? Yeah, before I went in, I feel like calling is one of those words that I don't know. You just hear a lot in uh, churches or in the life of believer articles, news posts, things that you see in your Facebook feed. Um, and if you had asked me going into seminary. Do all believers have the same calling? I would have said no. Because my understanding of calling is is that it was just this this individual type thing that God does in the life of a believer to kind of help you find your purpose um, in life. And what Mark Laberton lays out in his book is that the primary calling of all believers is the same. The primary call of all believers is to follow Jesus and that we all have that calling and it lives out in terms of loving God and loving our neighbor. And that is primary. That is a universal same call for everyone who believes and follows Jesus. And then more of what we might think of calling to be now sort of your vocation or Mm -hmm. Uh, where God has you in this season of life would be then your secondary calling Mm. or the next thing, but not the first thing. So primary calling is the same as first thing, and that's the same for all believers. Mm -hmm. And then secondary calling, he, he also calls it next things, and that is different for everybody or can be different for everybody. Can, and 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 most likely is different for everyone. And the primary call of loving God, following Jesus, loving and investing in people is the same no matter where you are. And then your secondary calling is maybe what we would think of as traditionally as vocation. Yeah. Um and that can look different in different contexts, different places. Uh, those callings are what we would think of maybe as sort of the varied word that mm-hmm. we use calling now. Yeah. Because I guess that's what what I would associate with the word calling. I wouldn't have thought that there was a strict or specific definition or different kinds of calling. I would have thought of calling as a generic word that people used just to indicate that they were trying to honor honor God and be intentional in whatever their job was. When people say, oh, my calling is to be an accountant, that it just meant, it was like one of those, oh, what do they call it? Okay, maybe I shouldn't bring this up. You know, like when people say something's like a dog whistle to to like groups that are in the know, like that's what I would have thought of the word calling. It's like a dog whistle to be like, I'm a Christian and I mean it kind of thing, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, God's called me to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there is a lot of misconception around the word calling, which is why I believe that this was a great place for us to start in seminary. Because if you think about it, seminary and its just foundational function is to prepare people for their calling, whether that calling be in the marketplace or in vocational ministry or what wherever they find themselves overseas as missionaries whatever the calling is that is seminary is to prepare you for that and i think what i found helpful and also made me really thankful that my seminary started here is that it was helping us 
lay a foundation of calling that says, you know what, first things first. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, whether you're in the workplace, whether you're in your vocational ministry, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, your first calling is to follow Jesus. It is to love God. It is to love your neighbors. And every all those other things, why, yes, they can be important, but they are secondary to this primary call that Jesus has put on your life when he says, follow me. Part of my understanding of calling would also be that, <clears throat> that gifting plays a role in what you're calling. Yes. Yeah. Which you're saying maybe, but not maybe for the primary, not the primary calling. Because you think about it, like, I think we throw the word calling around like this. Like, I know you need people to take the trash out on Sundays after church, but I'm not really called to that. That's not my gifting. And we sort of throw that word around. Um, and Mark Glaberton does have a great quote about this. And he, and he breaks this down and says, um, when he's talking about the primary, uh, he says the vocation of every Christian is to live as a follower of Jesus today in every aspect, small and large, with families, neighbors, enemies. We are to live out our primary calling today. And in relation to this primary calling, the rest is secondary. Gifts, context, challenges, personalities, these affect how we embody and enact our following of Jesus. And they impact how we live out our imitation of Jesus but they are not the call itself. And so it does play into how you carry out your secondary calling and gifts certainly is factored into that, but it's not equal. Gifting does not necessarily equal calling. And I know I've had a sign in my office for for years and I was thinking about that and it says God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called and so you may have giftings he's not necessarily using in your current secondary calling but he's going to equip you for that secondary calling when he when he calls and so they do play a part in your secondary calling but they're not the call itself yeah I mean I I guess that makes sense but I would like to think that God is going to tailor a calling to be exactly what will delight me and make me super happy and maybe also rich you know and you're telling me that's not going to happen I think that one of the misconceptions about calling that I've learned is we have this idea that there's going to be this perfect calling out there for us for the rest Mm -hmm. of our lives. It's going to satisfy us. It's going to fulfill us. It's going to be this unique combination of all our giftings. And we're going to journey our whole lives to find it. And then when we find it, it's going to be like the one ultimate for like your job and not the one you're going to marry. And ultimately satisfying. And you're telling me there's more than one secondary calling. And I'm also telling you that your secondary calling could change any number of times. I don't like that. No, though. I don't like it either. And I. That's very stressful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am in a season where I didn't, I'm just learning about this uh, academically, but I've learned it through experience over the last year and a half, really, because I had a great job as a director of discipleship at a church, and I was pursuing things that I was passionate about and that I felt called to. And when God began to call me to seminary and call me to something different and to start to change things, I felt 
I just felt like the whole ground was shifting out from underneath me because I didn't want my calling to change. I like I had found my place and my people and I was going to live that out for the rest of my life. I was I was pretty satisfied there. Mm-hmm. It, it felt good. Yeah. And God changed my calling to go to seminary and I couldn't under I, I still don't fully understand why and but I know that he did and so this idea of changing your secondary calling any number of times and that's something I've lived and you have too yeah yeah so most recently for anyone who doesn't know um my family and I have been living in the UK in London for the past almost three years um working as missionaries there and it was awesome I mean at first it was hard it was a big deal we we had a home we had cars we have small children we sold everything and moved to the UK so it wasn't nothing to pursue to pursue Mm -hmm. that when we felt like God was calling us to it and I remember even as we were kind of wrestling with that idea trying to understand if it was a calling and and trying to decide if that was the right word to use Mm -hmm. um I mean I remember just personally wrestling with that like what does it mean if I say that I'm called is that is that just like lingo or does it mean something to me and and we settled on um, called to see Europe ablaze with the gospel and we were there for about three years and during our time there God started to make it clear that he was bringing us back home and it was so confusing not not just the change because you know I mean God God doesn't change but then when he directs you to do things that are different it can be super confusing especially if that thing is fulfilling and if it makes you happy Mm -hmm. Um, not just confusing, but also you just don't want to do it. Well, I mean, and I know that you've wrestled with this as well because we've talked about it when God changes your secondary calling. I mean, I just questioned, like, did I fail? Like, did I? Yeah. Did This means I didn't mm -hmm, do it right, I I guess, now that he's changing it. God's changed. He's like, oh, never mind. Give it back to me. You did bad. Like, I'm going to change this because you you suck. (laughs) Yeah. And so let's go try something else but let's try something that's more suited for your specific (laughs) giftings like living at home with your parents Hannah and um that's probably better more more your speed yeah moving back into this whole missionary lifestyle you know it's just not cutting it for you we tried tried it Mm -hmm. I gave you Mm -hmm. a chance Mm -hmm. I gave you Luann I Mm -hmm. gave you a big job and you know, lots of influence and, but no, that's not going to work out. So let's change it. I mean, and now in hindsight, I can see like it was super painful, but now I've realized like I cannot hold on to my secondary calling tightly. Like God is big and he is well within his rights to change the direction and course and calling of my secondary any number of times. And I, as a Christian, can I just give up on that whole idea of not holding things too tight? I'm incapable of not holding them too tight. I can't. I think there's do a, another Christian word called surrender that we're supposed to live in, um, but apparently I'm not great at that one either. So, Ugh. I mean, how can you do something you really love and you're like, but take it away any minute and it's going to be totally right. fine because that's, that's not. That's why real. I think this struggle between primary calling and secondary calling is so real because primary calling is all about God. It is all about 
Jesus. And we want to make mm-hmm. it, we want our primary calling to be so much about us. We, we want our secondary mm-hmm. calling to be so much about us. And you know what? We just want it all to be about us. I mean, let's be real. It is. And for right. the primary calling, for God to say, you know what? That fulfilling job, the, all those other things are secondary to what I'm calling you to do in terms of loving people and engaging them and being um, to enter into the suffering of the world and to do these things that our primary calling is asking us to do, like, that is completely about him. Mm-hmm. Not about me at all. Sorry. Poo poo. Well, this podcast is a real bummer. And you know something else that I've thought, I guess my thoughts on this have evolved as we've had this discussion a bunch of times already. Um, last time we were talking about how God's always calling us to challenging things. No, and if we it don't. wasn't hard or if it wasn't difficult, he wouldn't have to call us there. You know, if it was something easy and super fun, we'd already be doing it. It's the hard things, the things that we don't want to do that he's got to call us to or we wouldn't. But then I thought, is that, I mean, is that right? Because I'm kind of creating this idea of God where he only tells me to do unpleasant things. And that's not right either. Mm. But that is the idea of God that I always have to steer myself away from. That I always find myself building back up this idea of God that's like, well, maybe I'd have you do that, but it would probably be too fun. So you can't. You got to do something else that's miserable because miserable will make you holy. And I always end up, I realize that I so easily end up with this idea of God as someone who Mm. doesn't care at all about how I feel, doesn't care about what makes me sad or what makes me feel alive, and is just worried about like making me holy and basically like putting me on that misery machine from the Princess Bride and like pushing it up to 50 if that's what'll get me there and so I feel like there's got to be this tension between acknowledging like it's not about whatever makes you happy Hannah but it's not like God doesn't care yeah I mean because God loves you and he cares about you and so that's our view of maybe what's fun or what's hard or what's uncomfortable is not the not the same as his because I think about when I Mm -hmm was called into full-time ministry, how hard that was for me, how I went kicking and screaming, how calling me into preaching was so hard for me. And the nights I spent weeping Mm -hmm. and crying that I couldn't do it because I was so scared. And then somewhere along the way, it became fun. (laughs) I became passionate about it. I began to see people respond to what I was teaching and to see God move in these ways that became something that I really enjoyed and found life in. And so, (laughs) and that's the truth of it. Because I remember when we first went to London, I mean, so sad at the community that we were leaving and feeling like it was this really hard, miserable thing. I remember one night, I mean, the place was just wrecked. We hadn't settled in yet. My children were devastated by the move. And I was like looking at our old house on Google Maps. Can you imagine like anything so more pathetic? Like, uh, uh, uh. But like flash forward to oh, what was one of yeah. the most now fulfilling and inspiring experiences of my life. photos of your life. old street in London. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I know. But so this is the truth that I think hopefully I, I get to eventually is that what he's calling me to is that thing mm-hmm. that will bring me 
you know, that will bring me mm-hmm. such life if I invest mm-hmm. in it yeah. wholeheartedly. And I remember that point when we were in London where I felt like, but I don't know how long we're going to be here. We've got visas that expired then, but we could stay longer. How do I know what level to like, what level of myself to give this to? Am I supposed to like make friends that then I'll be sad if we leave? And I just felt like he said to me, you need to play this. Like you're going to be here for your whole life. And I did. Yeah. And I think that's a good point that you're making because in this, this hunt for this elusive calling, our, what I now know to be secondary calling, I think we have a real tendency mm-hmm. to put the primary calling on the shelf and say, mm-hmm. I'm not going to yeah. invest here. I'm not going to invest with these people. I'm not, because this is not my place. I'm just traveling through. I'm, I'm on a search for the next mm-hmm. thing. And God calls us to invest in the primary today, like every, every day, mm-hmm. wherever we find ourselves. And I think it can be very easy, even in this calling, then my secondary calling right now of going, to seminary to say, okay, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave a small group. I'm not going to still disciple women. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do all these things because I'm just going to invest everything I have into going to school. And that's not what he's saying. That's not what God's calling me to do at all. I still have to be part of it. Yeah. I'm still called to be part of a local body and to love and to serve and to grow into all these things that are part of the Christian life while pursuing my secondary calling. Mm-hmm. And I would say maybe it's even that that surrender and investment into the primary calling, which breathes life into the secondary yeah. calling. There's this quote from G.K. Chesterton in his book's Orthodoxy, and he says, I am the man who with the utmost daring discovered what had been discovered before. <laughs> and I always feel like that, you know, when I have these, to me, what are like huge revelations, and I come to something and then, you know, like write it out, and I'm like, oh, well, that's just pretty much a normal average tenet of Christianity that I feel like yeah. I've just mm-hmm. discovered. Everyone's mm-hmm. been doing it for a long time. You just kind mm-hmm. of just yeah, know. Me you know. too. Here I am, almost 40, and now I understand calling <laughs> in the right perspective. Who knew? Yeah. But it's helpful when you do because, and I mean, you were there with me through all the processing of leaving London and how hard that was and not understanding why God would change the calling. And I feel like if I'd had this, <clears throat> if I'd had this understanding or this framework to look at, primary calling, secondary calling, the secondary calling can change, that would have been helpful. Maybe I wouldn't have felt like such a failure or maybe I wouldn't have been so yeah, stunned. And, and it helps you it reorient change. back now that you're there and you don't you don't really have an understanding in this season right now of what your secondary calling is gonna be mm-hmm. or how that's gonna play out, but you know what the primary call is and you can invest mm-hmm. in that. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to build identity mm-hmm. on the secondary calling instead Absolutely. of the primary. So that mm-hmm. those times when you're in between, you're like, well, who who am I even? Mm-hmm. What am I even doing? Yeah, that's what happened to me. Absolutely happened to me. And I feel like this whole understanding in Labberton's book of calling helped me say, okay, wherever I go, whatever I do, whether this seminary degree leads to vocational ministry, whether I end up back in corporate America, whether I end up uh, an entrepreneur, whatever I'm doing, I... Beauty pageants Beauty pageants, I mean, mean, clogging. (laughs) Come on. I can live out my primary call that way. For real. You have so many options. So many options at this point. I mean, the world is my oyster. So were these concepts surprising to everyone else? In class, were they familiar with these idea of primary, secondary callings already? 
Yeah, so as we were discussing on message boards and in our small group online discussions, there were quite a few people who said that this was the first time that they have experienced, read about, learned, kind of understood calling um, in light of the great commandment versus the great commission. And Hmm. I would say me too, because when I think about calling, I think about it in terms of the Great Commission. I think about it in how I'm going and teaching and baptizing and uh, casting out demons. Well, I was skipping. <laughs> I was purposely kind of glazing over that part. That's in there. I mean, we're not. Lillian. I know it is, he but we're not really that. getting into that on the very first one. Okay. Okay, we're waiting that. for the demonology yeah, class. <laughs> demonology class. Yeah, and so I, that's how I think about calling it. But the way that Laverton proposes it with this idea of primary and secondary it's really the primary is the great commandment and the secondary is the great commission and Maria Goff has this great quote um, that has just stuck with me and she says you cannot live out the great commission without following the great commandment and Mm. that is exactly what this understanding of calling uh, helps us to just sort of as a picture to think about because Mm -hmm. Let's just say you're going on a mission trip because I feel like that's how I don't know, most believers think of when they think about fulfilling the Great Commission. I'm going to go on a short-term mission trip or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if you go and you don't invest the people where you're there, you aren't demonstrating God's love to people, you aren't doing it out of a desire to honor and worship and serve God, then you aren't actually filling out the Great Commission. You're doing some other version mm-hmm. of box checking and legalism mm-hmm. that you might be calling mm-hmm. Christianity. But I mean, it's. And that's probably a good litmus test for anything that we think we might be called to. If it, if it's making it more difficult for us to follow the prime, our primary mm-hmm. calling, the Great Commission, then maybe we need to re examine whether or not it is something that God's calling us to, or whether or not we're just doing it in a world terrible way. Right, yeah. So I think that is a great way to say God's not going to call you to anything that forsakes the, mm-hmm. the primary calling. And all of this is good and well now in the moment when we were like reflecting and pausing and thinking. But it it is confusing. And it is difficult if you don't feel like you know what your secondary call is. Yeah. I mean, it's... It is hard to live in a place of uncertainty where you just have that primary call. And I don't say just. Like it's a consolation prize. To demean it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But <clears throat> but what do you do if you don't know what your secondary call is? How do you get there? Did, did Mark Labberton have any ideas for us in his best-selling book about that? Yeah. Well, the first thing is to evaluate and make sure that you are in fact living out the primary call where you are because often Mm. that can lead to discovering your secondary calling and I found that to be true as well I it's like we have to go to Jesus uh we have to go I don't know I don't know it's weird (laughs) why why is that (laughs) it works that way but I would say make sure that you're fully investing in that way the second way and also uh, is important is the this, just the value of community and the voices that you have speaking into your life. You know, mm. uh, he does talk about this in his book, but this is something that, that I've experienced personally mm. in terms of all along the way trying to figure out my secondary calling is people 
running things by people that trusted people that I feel like God is saying to me and saying, will you pray about this for me? Do you see this as valuable? Do you think God could be saying this? What, what do you see in me that could be used for the kingdom? You know, I mm-hmm. had seminary just sort of as this bubbled out dream that could never actually happen, but I would love for it to. And it was just this like tiny whisper tucked into my heart And out of the blue one day, our pastor, our prayer pastor, he just came up to me and said, hey, every time I see you, I feel like the Lord is telling me to come and give you a word. And he says that you're to go to seminary. And I was like, well, wow, that's that's something because I've never, I don't, I've barely. You played it so cool. Yeah, I did. I was like, oh, really? Yeah. Um, But I came home and was like. God, you really want me to go to seminary. Like, that's it. Like, and then I would go, and then I went to another pastor who I trust and say, tell me about seminary. Tell me about your experience. Do you see this as being valuable for me and speak into this for me and just running it by people, having them pray along the way. Um, And I know you've had that same experience where London was concerned. Yeah. When we were trying to decide if going was right, we went to a lot of people and said, this is what we feel like God's saying. Will you... Will you pray about this with us? And especially to people who we felt probably wouldn't want us to go. (laughs) We felt like there would be some objectivity there. And people who knew us well and knew knew our hearts hearts for God. And we just trusted that they also heard from him. And I didn't, I mean, I certainly didn't have any understanding of like, well, community will help you understand your secondary calling. We just... had known for a while and had realized the importance of having people Mm -hmm. around us who loved us and encouraged us to run hard after God. And I mean, without all of you guys, forget it. We would have been a wreck dead in the street long ago in London, probably having all the mice Mm, mice. gnawing at our Mm -hmm. bones. That's really the the big takeaway from my experience with London is a fear of mice. (laughs) (laughs) Also the goodness of God, but mostly mostly mice. mice, Yeah, (laughs) mostly Mm -hmm. that. Um, I think if you're struggling to understand your secondary calling, it can feel uncertain and it can take your focus off of the primary. And Mm. what I feel like Labberton does really well in this book is to continue to call us to what the world needs. And that's for believers of Jesus to be invested in the lives of people to be invested in the suffering and the brokenness of the world, to be salt and light, to build the kingdom, to all of those things that somehow we lose focus on, I think, when we're trying to figure out this great call that we have on our life. And he says the world needs us to live out the great commandment. The world needs us to be invested in people. And that's that's how the kingdom is built. And so... If you're listening and your secondary calling feels uncertain right now, just know like your primary calling is important. It is the thing. Mm-hmm. And fulfillment can come that yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. Even if we don't think Even it will. Even if we don't think it will. And joy and mm-hmm. happiness. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any, um, any scripture to leave us with today? Yeah. So the scriptural truth that I want to leave us with today is from Matthew 22 verses 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Well, that's it for today. We hope that you've been encouraged, maybe even amused. If you have, we'd love it if you'd leave a raving review for us on iTunes. You can also join us on Instagram at Seminary Stowaways. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, the opinions expressed on this episode belong solely to Hannah or Luann and do not represent the organizations, institutions, churches, or Starbucks baristas in their lives. Join us next time when we tackle the topic of discernment on seminary stowaways.